Y'all know what time it is. Craig Hoffman Show, Team 980, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking up the 630 tonight, an abbreviated version of the Craig Hoffman Show. What do we got after us, Anthony? We got, we got Terps basketball. Terps basketball uh, on the air after us. The fellas taking on Alcorn State. We were actually talking about Maryland Terrapins hoops before the show got started. Uh, the last time... I believe that we saw the Terps was that overtime win against Penn State. It has been a struggle for Kevin Willard's squad to start the season. Uh, it's similar to how they started last year, though. Offense taking a little bit of time uh, to get around and get in the swing of things. Hopefully they're able to take on or take down, excuse me, Alcorn State tonight. Uh, if not, then whew, there's going to be trouble in paradise uh, for those Maryland Terrapins. Plenty to get to, though. Five o'clock hour I have a guest stop by the program. David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, is set to join us. I thought, you know, we could, for darn sure, use some insight from someone who's in that Washington Commanders locker room every single day. Because the past 48 hours or so, we had a certain former Washington commander come out and challenge the effort, challenge the character, challenge the culture of the Washington Commanders. That is one Montez Sweat. Uh, we'll let you hear that audio a little bit later on in the show. I want to start, though, with yesterday's news from Ron Rivera. Now, yesterday was the first time we got to hear from Ron in really what feels like forever. The team was on a bye week. The players get a well-deserved rest. A lot of them are back home um, with their families and friends. It's good to have that during the holiday season, but it honestly kind of made me forget about the old burgundy and gold. But Ron Rivera spoke yesterday, a couple of different things that he said yesterday that really catches my attention. Um, you know, it, he was asked about Sam Howell from the get-go. Hold on, Ron. We'll get to you in a second. Ron, Ron talked about Sam Howell from the get-go, and I think every show that I've done personally for the past month or so it's always been about looking ahead and figuring out what Sam Howell is going to grow and develop into. Uh, Ron was asked about more of that yesterday. He also gave us a little bit of injury news that honestly sent shockwaves through the DMV. You know, it, it happened during the game, and you know he, um, you know he, he came off for a second. They checked him, and you know he said he, he he was fine. He went back out there, finished the game, but he was still having a little bit of trouble the next morning. Um, and so they, you know, they examined him, and then they felt that he needed to get an MRI. And, uh, you know, after getting the MRI, they got for a second opinion, and then it went from there. So it was unfortunate. Uh, young man's done a great job for us and uh, really excited about uh, who, he, who he was becoming as a football player. You know, um, you know playing the, uh, the wheel backer for us, he's done a great job. You know, he had to play a little bit of the mic in some of the situations when Cody was down. But, you know, that's all part of his growth and learning, and he's done a nice job. That's Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington Commanders, talking about Jamin Davis, who was placed on injured reserve yesterday. Uh, he had season-ending shoulder surgery, suffered that injury in the loss against Miami. First of all, I want to give kudos to Jamin, a tough SOB. He got hurt, came back into the game and finished it, and then had to get on the operating table. So it was that significant of an injury. For me, though, it honestly tells the story of what 2023 has been for Jamin Davis. It has been injury riddled. It has been full of distraction, right? 
Think about how the year started off with Jamin. He was a no-show at certain points of the offseason program because he had to deal with the legal situation. Couldn't stop speeding. Then when he comes back, didn't play particularly well. Got nicked up a little bit. You saw the knee injury hamper him at the end of camp. There was, you know, serious question about his availability going into the regular season. And now, uh, coming off of a Week 13 loss, Jamin Davis going to be put on the shelf for the rest of the season. You saw Ron talking about Jamin's growth and development. And normally, here in the past couple of weeks or so, when Ron brings up growth and development, I roll my eyes. I get frustrated as all outdoors. Seriously. You're in year four of a five-year deal. I'm done with growth and development of this football team. That doesn't move the needle for me. I need dogs. I need results. I think Ron understands that. Yesterday, though, yesterday Ron Rivera was asked about the growth and development of Jamin Davis, and I thought it was a really good question because Jamin – Obviously going to have to have that fifth-year option picked up by the new regime, or they're going to have to make a decision as to whether or not they want to pick that option up. But I thought Ron's answer about Jamin, a Ron Rivera draft pick, was very candid. Uh, Jamin, this year, I, I think a big part of it is, you know, as a as a will linebacker, you know, playing the uh, playing that position and being able to read and get downhill, um, watching him run through and make plays, um, watching him in his coverage. You know, he, he, he got the tough assignment having to cover a lot of really good backs. And uh, he was competitive doing that. He really was. And, and again, uh, the more he played, the better he seemed to get. Sure, he made some mistakes, but, man, he was really coming along. And, and, and it's unfortunate. So, you know, um, he'll get it taken care of, and then uh, we'll go from there. We will have to go from there. Jamin Davis on injured reserve will miss the final month of the season after he had season-ending shoulder surgery yesterday. I thought Ron was very honest, and it's going to sound like excuse-making because it's Ron Rivera, and that's what we're accustomed to from him. But in terms of grading Jamin Davis, in terms of evaluating Jamin Davis and what 2023 was for him, I think he gets a grade of an incomplete for me. Um, I take the offseason hogwash into account. Um, I take into account the fact that he was a first-round pick, (laughs) I take into account the fact that he really is just beginning to scratch the surface as to what he could be. Now, I'm someone, and I know the usual man that's in this chair, Craig Hoffman, is pretty high on Jamie Davis. I'm not, and here's why. In today's day and age, where the passing game is so diverse, to where tight ends and backs are so involved, he can't cover. Let's just call it what it is. He's had moments in coverage, but he can't cover. And that's not something that I think is just all of a sudden going to switch overnight. This is a problem with Jamin Davis. So in terms of the decision that the new regime is going to have to make, is it that hard of a decision? I had someone tweet at me earlier. I believe it was Little. Tweets at me earlier and says, well, maybe they should put some weight on Jamin and turn him into a pass rusher. Ah, it's not that easy of a transition. It's not something that happens overnight. But what I will say about Jamin is love the speed, love the athleticism. Would you agree with me, though, Anthony? He's an incomplete football player 
because it's more peaks and valleys. It's more flashes than it is consistency with Jameis. I think you're onto something. And I only say I think you're onto something because Jamin was drafted to be a weak side linebacker. Yeah. He wasn't 100%. drafted to, you know, be out here, be a, a Mike linebacker. That was not what he was selected for. I get it. Exactly. So I, I just I just feel as though this is more so an indictment on the the coaching staff mm-hmm. and the the Ron Rivera regime. Um because they're drafted him, and he's being forced, you know, play out of position most of the time. It's so, tough. I mean, I don't know. You, you you put him in that that place with expectations. He doesn't live up to those expectations. Are those necessarily on him, or are they more so on Ron Rivera and, and crew? And well, it depends. If, if, if you got to listen to the fellas the past three hours, is it the jockey or is it the horse? It's a very, <laughs> very real question. In this situation – I think you blame the jockey and the horse. They had no business drafting Jamin Davis where they did, considering, and we'll go through huh, the best and worst of Ron Rivera's draft picks as the 4 o'clock hour rolls on here on the Team 980, but Jamin was put in a tough spot. He was on a bad Kentucky football team. He got drafted, expected to come in here and be that finishing piece. Think about the circumstances that were surrounding this football team when they took Jamin Davis. You're coming off of 2020 where your defense led you down the stretch. You limped into the playoffs at, what was it, 7-9-1 or 7-8-1? It was 7-9. 7-9, whatever it was. Mediocre, which is what the Ron Rivera era has been. The next year was supposed to be about how can we get over the top? Because they felt really good about themselves coming out of 2020. They were sniffing themselves. It was great. Jamin was supposed to be the guy that finished the defense. Jamin's, Jamin was supposed to be the finishing touch to me on Washington's defense. We were watching John Bostic run around during a playoff game, and it was a joke. We know that he is not a starting NFL linebacker. So Ron and company draft a backer, and he comes in, and it never really got going. At first it was, and this is, Crazy to go back to 2021 to show some type of memory I have. You remember at first, Jamin wasn't even on the field. He couldn't get on the field at first. Like, that was an issue. The big question and the big topic was, how do we get Jamin on the field? Is it just third downs? Is he a situational guy? Now, for my money, you're drafting a linebacker in the first round. He, for damn sure, better be playing every snap. That's just bare minimum to me. But in 2021, didn't play a whole lot. Had his flashes during that season, too. Did he miss any games due to injury in 2021? It feels like he got nicked. I remember, was it the Denver game? Did he get hurt in that Denver game where Montez Sweat also got banged up? I may be making things up when I say that. But obviously his rookie season goes down, and it was clearly it was clearly a disappointment, right? They tried to put him in a position that he was not comfortable with. As the season progressed, they 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 fiddled around with it. Year two, though, of Jamin Davis, year two was supposed to be when the training wheels came off. Year two was supposed to be when he turned into an every-down player. Year two was equally as disappointing, if you ask me. Now, he took strides. He was, a, he was better. But the bar, to me, was set so low that, of course, Jamin had to be better uh, in year two. We already talked about the way this year started for him, the injury in the offseason, having to miss valuable practice time 
because you're in a Loudoun County courthouse, the writing is on the wall for Jamin Davis. And I'm not saying that with my chest puffed out. This is my football team. I love this team just the way you guys do. And the phrase that I've been using and spewing the last two or three weeks is the cupboard is bare. There's not a lot of talent on this football team. Jamin is one of the guys that will be under contract next year no matter what. I know some of you out there on Twitter needed some clarity about, you know, if they pick up the fifth-year option, does that mean he's not on the 2024 commanders? No, that's not the case. He is on next year's roster regardless. And I think Jamin, that's like a two, $3 million cap hit next year. It's not very big. He will be around. That fifth-year option, though, I know a lot of folks feel like it's a foregone conclusion that it doesn't get picked up. Assuming that it doesn't, because it probably doesn't, that's now back-to-back fifth-year options declined for old Riverboat Ron's first-round picks. And in light of Jamin having that season-ending surgery yesterday, I got your boy thinking as I was prepping for the show. What are the best and worst picks of the Ron Rivera era? What are the best and worst picks of the Ron Rivera era? I had to condense it because at first I'm thinking, well, why not? Why would we just go best and worst decisions, period? Let's just keep it to the draft. Worst and best draft picks of the Ron Rivera era. That's how we'll get things kicked off on the Ace Law listener line. If you're in a wreck, let Ace Law help you get a check. 1-800, excuse me, call 8888-ACE-LAW. Our number, 301-230-0980. What are the best and worst picks of the Ron Rivera era? We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, I want to look at the first round alone. Chase Young, Jamie Davis, Jahan Dotson, dare I say, Emmanuel Forbes. We'll look at some of the worst and best draft picks of the Ron Rivera era next, right here on the Team 980.